All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken Spoken. <laughs> Tom Brady is not going anywhere. He's not. Anybody who says he's going where is an idiot. It's the off season. You need things to talk about. The Patriots offer him the best chance to win a Super Bowl. They're offering him the most money or close to it. He just wants to feel wanted, which I don't blame him. Yeah. Mark my words. There is 0.0.0% chance he's leaving New England. Zero. There may be less than zero. Anybody who's saying that otherwise just wants to see his name in the newspaper, make some headlines for two days. That's it. He's not leaving. I guarantee you. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Foolish Club Studios, basically all by myself. We got our producer, I actually got a, a part-time producer, my younger brother Brandon uh, is actually here helping me out get this thing going, and Clay Windler on the backdrop, he's actually going to be helping us as he does every single week. But I want to thank you guys for taking the time to, to be here tonight. I know things have been very tough out there. I hope all of you out there are safe and clean, keeping yourself clean. Um, we are keeping ourselves clean, but I promise you our language is not clean, and we're going to keep it that way because that's how the show has been since the very beginning. We try to give you guys something authentic. That's what it's all about around here, man, and um, you guys know what we're all about here. If you're new to us, thank you so much for taking the time yet again. Like I said, um, it is all sports all the time, and again, I really do hope that you and your loved ones are safe in this very trying time in our country and, quite frankly, in our entire world. And um, I just hope you guys are taking the measures necessary to keep yourself in that position, to keep yourself uh, healthy, clean, and safe um, and we just wish you guys nothing but the best. And I know why you guys are actually here. And it's to get your mind off of that. And I'm so glad you guys did because that's my goal in all of this because I'm in this with you guys. And it's great for me too. It's very therapeutic and I'm very, very much glad to be here tonight to talk to you guys about some sports. So let us begin. Dear Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, it's over. Have you ever been shocked? Shocked to learn or hear something in your life? I racked my brain this week to collect a few moments in time in which I was genuinely and thoroughly shocked. I remember when the Chiefs lost a playoff game in which they didn't punt. I was shocked. I remember when the 2011 NBA season only played 66 regular games because of a lockout. I was shocked. On a more personal level, I remember Trev and I's parents informing us in our 20s that we were going to have a baby sister in less than nine months. I was definitely shocked about that. Do you know what didn't shock me? Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. It was so obvious, and I mean so obvious, over the last year that Brady wasn't going into retirement with the red, white, and blue Patriot jersey on his shoulder pads. The Michigan shoulder pads, by the way. From putting his house on the market, from not only not getting a contract extension going into the 2019 season, but also making sure that he would be an unrestricted free agent after the 2019 season. Tom Brady made it obvious for all of us. Some of us just chose to not see it. And hey, I get why. 20 damn years with one team. Who wouldn't want to assume that a player with Brady's tenure and success with one franchise wouldn't want to end what he began there? Well, ironically, Tom Brady and the Patriots didn't. That's who. They didn't believe that. They didn't think that in their own individual ways. The ongoing question since Tuesday has been, did Brady choose to move on or did the Patriots move on from Brady? And for the record, I'll boldly say that I do believe it was more the latter, in all actuality. It doesn't matter, though. Both sides saw the end of the most successful relationship in sports history and neither wavered from their ultimate goals and desires in the end game, and that was to part. Now that it's officially over, 
now that we will officially witness Brady outside of the Belichick umbrella, we can structure some form of fact when it comes to what he can or can't be without the hoodie running the team he takes snaps under center for. Yes, Brady is no longer a great quarterback and hasn't been in some time. But with a Buccaneers roster well stacked on both sides of the ball, along with a very worthy coaching staff, Brady has a real shot at prolonging his career to the age number of 45 that he's desired to reach all along. On the other side of this separation, we now get to see Belichick operate with a new face at the helm. But before we decide to hold Belichick to the same standard that we ultimately hold Brady to, we must consider one thing, and that's the fact that we have seen Belichick without Brady, albeit a small sample size. But we cannot ignore the results in said sample. When Brady went down in week one of the 2008 season with a torn ACL, Belichick went on an 11-5 run with Matt Castle. Yes, that Matt Castle under center. And had it not been for the fact that only six teams of each conference could make the playoffs back then, something that has since changed, had it not been for the lame division winner automatically making the playoffs, a rule that has not, not since changed, the Patriots would have made the playoffs in 2008, and there's no telling what could have taken place. Imagine the difference in both Belichick and Brady's legacies if it were different. And let's not pretend that Belichick didn't take the Browns to the playoffs long before he downed, he ever donned the New England Patriots. We have seen Belichick before Brady. And we have seen him succeed to a lower degree without Brady, of course. I've oftentimes comp compared the tandem of them to the likes of Greg Popovich and Tim Duncan. Sure, Pop is a great coach without Duncan, and Duncan was a great player in his own regard. But when Duncan was no longer a great player, Pop still had great in his own lane. He was still great in his own lane. And what difference would the respective, respective legacies represent had Duncan gone to Orlando like many thought he would back 10, 15 years ago? I can't imagine the rings and success would have followed him on the flip side, yet Pop has yet to revisit the final since Duncan's retirement. They made each other. They elevated each other's legacy and greatness. The only real difference in the Pop Duncan legacy is they didn't need films, films, uh, film of opponents' practices, deflated balls, and destroyed cell phones. But I digress. I digress. I digress. The point is, Belichick and Brady made each other. They elevated each other's legacy and greatness. And it's over. Forever. And it's not just because they're apart. Because it's been over, it's been over for over a year now. Lance, how is that possible when Brady and Belichick were together not two months ago? Well, I'm glad you asked. Since the beginning of the 2018 season, the NFL as a whole was put on notice. When a young quarterback in the middle of the map decided to play unprecedented football and elevated and inspired a team and fan base long-awaited Real and unprecedented success. Teams league-wide knew that a new era of greatness was on the horizon, and yes, that included Belichick and Brady's led Patriots. You could see the way that teams, especially the Patriots, were forming their rosters over the next season in 2019. Why else would a sound, distinctive franchise like the Patriots under the headship of Belichick take on an absolute lunatic in the likes of Antonio Brown, who not hours before they signed him, did literally everything he could to burn the Oakland Bridge? The Patriots were desperate. They knew that even though they may have won the 2018 AFC Championship, they didn't beat the unprecedented one. They simply avoided his wrath for at least one more season. But as the 2019 season moved forward, you began to see the cracks form in what seemed to be the unbreakable Patriot armor. Losing and being absolutely outclassed to the Ravens, Texans, and Chiefs in a five-week span, the immortal quickly became the mortal, and blood was in the water. You see, what took place in 2019, the Patriots falling flat on their faces wasn't the end. No. It was the beginning of the end. Because both Belichick and Brady are still going. Sure, they're on a permanent separation, but both are on the absolute both are of the absolute belief that they can and still will win. 
that they can win without each other, and that they are absolutely proven proven to, to prove that much. But with all of that considered, driven motivation aside, I am here to be the first to let Bill Belichick and Tom Brady know that it does not matter. It does not matter what either of you from this point on do because it is over. It's not over because you're no longer working together. It's not over because neither of you are no longer good or great, even enough to win the Super Bowls. It's over because of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. A new flag has been driven into the mountaintop of the NFL, and it does not matter what Belichick or Brady do about it. Your time is done. And Patrick Mahomes is your reminder, your reality check, your provider that this is now the beginning of the end. I will never be one that tells a man when to quit doing what they love. If you're still good enough to be wanted by a company, by all means, continue your path. But both Belichick and Brady's paths end at the same dead end. And that's at the doorsteps of Arrowhead. So as long as we have left to witness Bill Belichick and Tom Brady work tirelessly in their profession as we expect them to work, we should absolutely enjoy witnessing their efforts and overall greatness because with all respect, that's exactly what they have been. Just like we should absolutely enjoy the fact that their tireless work, their efforts and overall greatness is no longer enough to overcome what has taken shape in the land of tomahawk chops, barbecue, and air raid assaults on Sundays. Because it's where we all call home that embodies the ultimately ended and will continue to end the reign of the most successful tandem in the history of this great game. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. Thank you for your contributions. Thank you for your cheating scandals. Thank you for your broken cell phones. Thank you for your asterisks. It's all over. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about the CBA hypocrisy. Why I think that some of these players, well, they were mad and they were paranoid about something. But we don't really know why they were mad. And where the hell was everybody at? We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed clothing and accessories with a counter-cultural apparel. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at commandeerbrand on Instagram or Facebook. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Kruppel, here inside the Foolish Club Studios. And again, I am doing this on my own tonight. This is actually the first time I've actually hosted the show by myself. And it's a very weird situation because everything that's going on outside of our uh, little environment that we like to call the world of sports, it's kind of a weird timing. But I I do promise you guys, Trevor and Eddie are doing just fine. Uh, Just kind of strange circumstances and, and, and a coincidence, actually. They both could not make it out tonight. But guys, we carry on, and that's what it's all about, and I think that's a a true representation of what we are as a society, hopefully as a society, that we carry on together and work together and continue to do what we need to do to get through tough times, man. I mean, this we've been we've been tested many, many times throughout our country's history, and um, I definitely believe in us, and I definitely believe that we're going to get through this time. And uh, like I said, we're here to talk sports and to get your guys' minds off this for a short amount of time, and we hope that you genuinely enjoy uh, the process. And real quick before we continue talking sports, I I hope that all of you guys out here that are uh, listening from Kansas City in particular, uh, if you guys are – you know, hold up in your guys' houses and you can't really do your shopping right now outside of your house, maybe grocery shopping you can, but if you're looking for, you know, a, a different, you know, type of food that you want to try with your family, or if you are looking for a, a good product to hold you over for like back pain or any, any type of mental stress you're going through, or if you're looking for cool apparel, you know, some new clothes to buy for maybe a birthday gift. I actually have a birthday coming up in about a little over a week. Well, maybe eh, it's about five days. So, um, if you're looking to, you know, like I said, give gifts for people, man, I hope that you guys are out here supporting local because that's what we need right now. We have a lot of small businesses in Kansas City, a lot like Commandeer that you just heard the the little drop for them. I, I, we we need to help these guys 
you know, continue to, to pursue their dream and keep them afloat in this tough trying time. And I know that there's many of you out there that are feeling the same effects. So we definitely want to support you guys as well. So if you have a, a local business or if you have things that you're trying to continue to pursue your own entrepreneurship, post that man on the spoken and let us know how we can support you guys. It would be, it, it, it's important to us because I know it's important to you. So I just wanted to throw that out there and I hope you guys are all doing well. Like I said, if there's anything that we can do, uh, definitely do not hesitate, man, because we're in this together. But growing up as a 90s kid, I love to pretend to be someone else. Primarily a superhero or someone cool and important to many others. Trev, myself, and our two younger brothers like Brandon tonight who's hanging out with us would spend our entire summers playing out stories and scenarios that we'd either see in movies or we'd create them as we'd win. The, the one thing I never liked being was the bad guy. I just didn't like how it felt. It didn't feel like it matched me as a person. Well, tonight, I feel like I have no other choice but to be the bad guy. Or at least someone who raises the questions based out of confusion. Uh, maybe that makes me a bad guy. I don't know if it does. But we'll figure it out as we go along. Since the news came out this month that the new CBA would inevitably require a 17th game, we've heard numerous players come out and speak out against it. From the likes of Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and J.J. Watt, Marcus Pouncey, guys of that guys of that nature, basically all superstar players, all have shown passionate anger towards the new CBA. And allow me to say that I have always, always been a more pro-player fan and person when it comes to these types of situation and changes. I will back a player or an entire league of players if I know what they stand for, what they stand against, and if I agree with that said stance. But therein lies the problem. We don't know what their stance ever really was except, well, they didn't like the change. And that's not enough. I had mentioned in the episode following the initial learnings of the new CBA that the changes happened throughout the NFL's, the changes happened throughout the NFL's history. In 1978, the regular season schedule went from 14 to 16 games. That's a dramatic jump. Yet over the last 40 plus years, and I haven't lived the last 40 plus years, but in my researches and the time I've watched the NFL, which is over 20 years, I haven't seen or heard many people or players for that matter bitch about how 16 games is too much. Now with the advancements in not only player safety, advancements in medical technology, but also in player compensation and long-term protection, I'm supposed to feel bad for them having to play one more game per year? Especially when, yet again, the players are now making damn near 50% of the NFL's shared revenue. They now will not get suspended for testing positive for THC use. Shout out to Josh Gordon. There are more jobs for players, coaches, and general staff. They're created. And now they have a better chance of making the playoffs with the addition of two more playoff seats. I'm trying to find where the problem is in any of that. And of course, there are going to be compromises. That's good business. Good business is when both sides make compromises. And both sides absolutely made theirs in this one. In fact, I think the owners took far more of a hit in this new CBA. Far more than any CBA before and probably any CBA after. And as far as the superstars players not being in support of the decision, well, I'm still waiting to hear as to why exactly they were ever against it in the first place. They've literally had the platform. They have gone out on social media and they have made it a point to let us know that they did not stand with it, that they did not agree with it. Yet we have not heard the actual reasons, at least not to my knowledge. And I've been searching far and wide for why these guys have stood against it. These are the superstar players, the ultimate representations of the NFL and the NFLPA. But yet we're not hearing the reasons. We're just hearing them say they don't agree with it. And as far as the superstars players not being supportive of this decision, well, I'm still waiting to hear exactly why. Because they are the ones, again, that have the biggest voice and the biggest platform amongst their peers. Not to mention the several hundreds of players that didn't even vote at all. That's the craziest part. It sounds to me as if the paranoia played more of a factor than the actual factual anger and disagreement. It is okay. Let me, let me preface this by saying it is okay to disagree 
with the, what the league is trying to implement. And to be honest with you guys, the CBAs that I have seen in my lifetime, which is only a couple, the CBAs that I have seen in my lifetime, there were things I didn't agree with. I thought many of the rulings and many of the new uh, uh, stipulations they're putting into this uh, the, into the CBAs didn't make sense from a player standpoint. I thought they were robbing the players. I think the players should make fifty percent of the of the revenue shares. hundred percent believe that. That's a lot of money. And those guys are the ones out there making it for these owners. Obviously, the, the owners make their own risks and take their own risks and lose money sometimes and take risks on players and overspend and create new environments and create new stadiums and do things for the fans. And in this time in particular, we're seeing owners of teams going out there and shelling out money and helping with their staffs while they're not being able to make money. It's okay to disagree with these CBAs. And for the most part, I have disagreed with them myself. But this is one of those few times, one of the very few times, and again, like I said, this might be the only time where I will take more of the side of the owners because, again, the owners took the majority of the hit. This did not help them out as much as it did the players. And again, I'm okay. I just want to know what it was that Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, J.J. Watt, Marcus Pouncey, what they had a problem with. It's not a problem that they had a problem. Give me the reason so we can have the conversation. But they didn't give us that. At least, again, not to my knowledge. They go out outward. Social media is such a powerful platform. It is such a powerful platform. You have the opportunity to voice whatever the hell you want. Ask Alex Jones. But those guys simply put out a very vague description of what it is they're upset about. I'm sure they have the reasons. I'm not trying to sit here and say they don't. I'm not trying to accuse them of anything. In fact, I'm trying to provoke them to give us that reason. Because if, in all actuality, if they actually had some things that can break down and give me reasons as to why, shit, more likely I'd agree with it. But they didn't give me that. And as a person who consumes football and loves this game and talks about this game, quite frankly... I'm going to have to take the default on this one. And again, this is actually a CBA that is giving the players what they've been bitching about for years, rightfully bitching about. Under no circumstances should players be getting suspended for, for testing positive for cannabis use. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole as to why, but I think you all can figure it out. That it's okay for them to be using opioids that can kill them, but they can't use a natural God-gifted flower? That's insanity. It's insanity. The NFL finally got with the times. I mean, fuck, it's 2020, and we're still talking about this, for Christ's sake. There are more jobs being created, and if anybody knows anything about that, that's always a good thing. More players will make more teams. You will have more staff, more coaches, more money. There will be more money. And the NFL has also ensured that... Down the road, policies will play a factor where players will have protection and insurance outside of when they're done with their careers. And yes, a 17th game, it is inconvenient. You don't think going from 14 to 16 was inconvenient? But that was the starting point. This is the starting point for the next generation, the next 10 years of football. Yes, there are growing pains with it. Yes, that does suck that you have to play more football. But look at even the players that are on teams that make the playoffs every single season. Do you hear them bitching when they have to play the extended amounts of playoff games every single year? Tom Brady has played a career-long uh, amount of games in his playoff career alone. And every single guy that's been along with him. I have not, unless I'm wrong, I don't remember the last time I heard a guy say, man, fuck, I got to play in the wild card round. No, because their mentality changes. Because they look at the playoffs differently. Look at the 17th game differently. Because now, more than ever, that's going to matter. Because now, only the one seed is getting a bye week. So now, you're going to have to play every single game like it matters. Is there going to be more wear and tear? Yes. But the rewards, in my opinion, outweigh the negatives. And again, business Good business equals good or compromises on both sides. 
You can't in any this is not a utopian society we live in. We live in reality. And in reality, you're going to have to agree to some things that you may not like. That is reality, that is life. I I'm still I'm still open to hearing what it was these guys didn't like about the new CBA. If it's the 17th game, that stops right there. 40 plus years. They've played a 16-game schedule, and not one time in my entire life, I'm about to be 32 years old, not one time in my life have I heard somebody say 16 games is too much. I have heard that preseason games with the four the four that we have annually is too much, and I 100% agree with that. In fact, I've been of the belief that we shouldn't have preseason games. They are absolutely useless. Well, they use them to get to know the players that are like the fringe guys, the guys that may not make the team. That's what training camp's for. You get guys in shape. You see who's good enough to make your team. These coaches make a lot of money. I'm I'm, I'm of the absolute confidence and belief that these guys can see their guys during training camp and say, yep, he's got it. Nope, he doesn't got it. And then they make their decision. If you want to talk to me about free, or you want to talk to me about preseason, we can talk about that all day, and I'll agree 100%. They need to just X that out. Take fewer padded practices. I'm all for that. 100% agree with that stuff. But more football, more real football, more football that counts? Sign me the hell up. Especially when these guys, when these players are benefiting benefiting off of it just as much as the owners. This is good business because both sides made compromises. I'm going to leave it there. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some Chiefs in particular, guys. Free agency, man, it's been pretty dead. I mean, there's been a lot of teams making a lot of moves. And the Chiefs have been hanging back. They've finally made a move today, and we'll talk about that move in particular. But I want to tell you guys why you should be excited that the Chiefs have been so silent and why you should be excited for meat and potatoes. We'll get back to that after this. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Woodwell, here inside the Foolish Club Studios with myself. And it's been a very interesting night, much quieter, I should say. Uh, not having Trevor Eddie here. I wish them the best. I hope those guys are doing good. Like I said, they had some previous engagements to attend to, so it's okay. They're just leaving me here out of my lonesome. And um, I hope you guys are being entertained by all this because it's actually, like I said, I, I told Brandon off air that this is a, a new challenge, man, because like I said, I, 55 episodes going into this week, we've never done a solo show. So that I would say this is definitely growth um, for our show in particular, um, for myself, I should say in particular, because, uh, you know, I'm used to having my guys here, man. You know, you, you got your big three and then they're on the shelf for a week and you, uh, you know, you start hearing your own voice for a minute and you're like, what the hell is going on here, man? How did I even get this show to begin with? But I'm again, I just want to thank you all for being here. Uh, we really do appreciate you guys listening. And, um, you know, we touched on the Bill, uh, the Bill Belichick uh, Brady situation and how that, you know, it's been over and it's uh, going to continue to stay over. Uh, just touched on the CBA hypocrisy a little bit. I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on those two segments as well. But we're going to talk a little Chiefs in particular and with the free agency uh, ordeal. Um, free agency officially became official yesterday, March 8th, or I'm sorry, March 18th, which was two days ago. And, um, man. Every single year, it seems like the NFL ramps up even more and more in free agency. We see a lot of guys moving a lot more in the NFL than we did in the previous decades. It's a lot more player control, which is always great. Always great. And I feel like a hypocrite almost talking about what the CBA and how I'm a pro player kind of guy, and yet I'm opposed to the awkward silence from these players with the CBA and what they're actually angry about. It's like a, a silent anger. It's weird. Um, but I am on the pro side, on the player side when it comes to mobility. I, I really love when I see players take their own careers in their hands and do what they want with it because I feel like that's only fair because in any other profession across this country, that's usually how it goes. If, if you're good at something, if in fact you're great at something and you're one of the best in your field, uh, I think if you want to move from one one company to the next because they give you things that the other company couldn't give you and they make you happier for whatever reason it is, 
you're going to take that opportunity. So in sports, it should be no different. And I love the fact that we're living in a time and in a, in, a, in, a, in a place where players are able to start doing those things more often. I think that's the American way, and that's how it should be. And I have been one that has been saying all along that I didn't expect much of anything from the Chiefs and free agency this offseason. The only quote-unquote exciting moves the Chiefs can, can, could, would make this offseason will be resigning Chris Jones and or Sammy Watkins and the, the inevitable extension of Patrick Mahomes. Other than that, it's more than likely going to be meat and potato type moves here, guys. Now, I get it. I totally understand. You hear that type of shit. You're thinking, oh, so this is going to be a boring-ass free agency. They're not really going to make the team any better. Whatever comes to your mind, because I get it, the majority of our past as Chiefs fans has been quite a letdown, guys. But speaking of the meat and potatoes, the Chiefs finally made a move before we began recording tonight. The Chiefs have signed a cornerback, Antonio Hamilton, to a one-year deal. I'll be honest. I knew about as much about Antonio Hamilton before right now than I did about Charverius Ward around two, about this time two years ago. So that could be a good thing. Because if we know anything about Brett Veach, we know anything about Andy Reid, they've been able to get these guys off the scrap heap, these unknowns, and make them into these fan favorites. That is not easy to do, especially in the NFL. That is not easy to do. You're, you're talking about these unknown players on prove-it deals that come in, and you don't really know what you're going to get. It's obviously low risk and potentially high reward. And it seems like more than likely, or more that more times than not, the Chiefs do land on these types of moves. They, they absolutely hit on these types of moves. Here's what we need to know and understand about this offseason for the Chiefs when it comes to free agency as a whole. We have to understand that the Chiefs have already have a, they already have a stacked roster and are clearly good at quarterback. I don't think we need to even expand on that. So any moves that they make will be depth moves. Very few needs. And those needs will be addressed in the draft. This should excite you. This should excite you because the Chiefs are in a very, very rare place that most teams not only get few opportunities to deal with, but some never have. How often do you think the Lions, Bengals, Browns, Jaguars, Jets, Dolphins, the Washington team, and several others have been able to say that not only do they have the best quarterback slash player in the NFL that's still technically on a rookie deal, but also have the best team in the NFL with an elite head coach and coaching staff. That should that's, that's what should excite you about the Chiefs being in chill mode right now. They are great, and they know it. So what do you do? You build the depth around the star nucleus, and moves like signing prove-it player guys, such as Antonio Hamilton, is what you will see and see more often. Well, as long as this run goes, of course. Meat and potatoes may not be the sexy meal, but it's the sexy meal in Kansas City. Because when you're in the position to do so, that means you're ahead of your competition. So my challenge to you, Chiefs fans, is to be excited about the meh. Be excited about the meh. Because the meh moves are going to be the ones, like a Kendall Fuller, that makes a humongous play in the Super Bowl. I mean, the game may have been over at that point, but the point remains. Charverius Ward. I, I'm going to use him as the ultimate example in this. Who the fuck knew who Charverius Ward was two years ago? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Chiefs got him in a, tr in a trade for Parker Ingringer. And at that time, Parker was showing some promise. He was just always hurt. And he played a position of need. So the trade was like, I mean, look, I get it. You know, cornerback's a need, but who the fuck is this Charverius Ward? I mean, how many of you guys were even saying his name correctly? You probably aren't even saying his name correctly to this day. I've <laughs> Trust me, I've heard many different people try to say his name, and it's pretty bad. It's like Sharkandrick West all over again. Ironically enough, Sharkandrick West was an unknown who absolutely contributed to this team for three years. Brett Veach, look, man, I... I I've been one that's been ex very harsh on this man because high expectations, I gave him high expectations because he was inheriting a team that was on the cusp of going into greatness. 
Andy Reid was going into year, I believe, six when Brett Veach, or yeah, year six when Brett Veach took over. It was prove it time. And I thought that was going to be too much for a 37, 38 year old GM. And at first, like we talked with Ken Swanson from Arrowhead Pride last week, it really looked like he was in over his head. Trading up for Breland Speaks. I mean, what in the shit was that? But then you started to see it, especially in 2019. Going out there and getting McCole Hardman. Going out there and getting Juan Thornhill. Making moves, like I said, with Charvarius Ward. Going out there and getting Emmanuel Ogba. Okafor. Terrell Suggs. Making these meat and potato moves that this team absolutely needed. In an ideal world, you obviously want to get as many superstar players as possible because it gives you the better chance of winning, especially with the leadership of an Andy Reid type of staff. But that is not the world we live in. So you have to go out there and get those middle-tier players, those diamonds in the rough. Anybody remember Ron Parker? Wasn't a great player, but he played his role for a couple seasons with the Chiefs, and they got the most out of a guy that nobody knew who the hell he was beforehand. That's what Antonio Hamilton represents. And that is what the next few players that the Chiefs will sign in free agency, that is what they'll represent. Don't be name-chasing. Do not be name-chasing, guys, because you're not going to know these guys. And if you do, it's only because they were probably on good teams and they played a small role. That's what they're going to be here in Kansas City. Now, I will stay consistent and say that the players out there, the big-name free agents that are in the mood to take less money and play for a great team, you will see that because Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes. You will see those guys take discount deals to play here in Kansas City. I was of the 100% belief, and I was so excited to talk about it tonight, about the potential of Todd Gurley coming to Kansas City. I really wanted Todd Gurley because I thought he would fit this team perfectly. 25 years old, absolutely motivated, extremely talented, had a lot to prove that he could still play football at a high level, coming over here, playing fourth, fifth fiddle on this offense, no pressure on him, no expectations, because the Chiefs could have got him on a one-year deal. You saw what he got in in Atlanta, and it makes sense. He's going back home, and I do believe the Falcons are going to be a good team this this next season. They got got a hell of a nucleus on both sides. I think they're going to get better on defense, and Matt Ryan is still playing awesome football. I think I think Todd Gurley's going to play well, and I thought that was a great move for the Chiefs potentially. So you're going to get guys like that. The Chiefs are going to strike those, those deals. You're going to see these guys that are super talented players that are trying to prove themselves once again at the highest stage because now that the Patriots are no longer going to be the cream of the crop in the AFC, CBS is absolutely going to be using the Chiefs. You're going to see a lot more night games for the, for the Chiefs on CBS. Guarantee it. So those guys are going to want to get that exposure. So you will get those guys. But what I'm trying to get my Chiefs fans, my fellow Chiefs fans to understand is this. You are not going to be excited in free agency more times than not. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Here and there, yes. I can see in the next four or five years, Chiefs go and land themselves a big-time free agent, you know, a wide receiver or an edge rusher, a cornerback. I could see that happening because they're an aggressive team. Brett Veach and Andy Reid like to be aggressive. But now that they've won a Super Bowl and now that they've established themselves in the class of the AFC, they're just going to make sure they build depth around what they already have in Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill. They're just going to continue to build around those guys until those guys can no longer play at a high level. That's how it works. So guys, like I said, meat and potatoes. Get used to the taste because it's a taste you're going to taste every single March and April. And I'm going to leave it there. And now, with no more further ado, we're going to get to the Monday mailbag. Mail time. The mail's here. It is time for the Monday mailbag. Every single week on Monday morning, I like to, well, I, I say Monday morning, but usually it, it varies. It could be Monday morning or Monday afternoon, even Monday evening at times. Um, I give you guys the platform. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your guys' thoughts, your questions, your discussions, your debates, whatever you guys have for me in the world of sports. I give you guys that opportunity to post it to the group of the Spoken, and uh, we discuss them every single week. And we're going to start with our guy who is a frequent flyer with us, Mr. Donnie Couch. Thank you, Donnie, first and foremost for the question. He actually has a couple of them. He starts with saying, hey, guys, 
If I was on hold this L, this would be my L for Bill O'Brien. On a scale of 1 to 10, how ridiculous has Bill O'Brien looked when he traded for David Johnson and now does not have a top 50 pick for the next two years and also got rid of Deshaun Watson's number one weapon? Donnie, dude, I am right alongside you with all that. I, I, You know what, man? When it comes to things like this, when, when you see something that's so absurd in the world of sports, at least from my perspective, when I see those things, I try my best to try to find something that you can angle towards, well, that actually does make sense. Dude, look, this was one of those those times where I had nothing. I could not think of a single reason why this made any sense. And I've been listening to radio all week long, and I've heard several different experts, people I respect in the in the media world, talk about this one. And, and, and from the Texans uh, uh, radio hosts to national guys to even local guys, Everyone is saying the exact same thing. What the fuck? Like, it, it, it doesn't make any sense in any regard. Look, if, if you're going to trade uh, um, DeAndre Hopkins, that's one thing. You, you can trade a wide receiver, a great wide receiver. We've seen it throughout history. We've, we've, we've seen it many times. That's not the shocking part. The shocking part is what they got in return. Like, like our guy Donnie Couch just broke down. You're talking about David Johnson, who's nearing 30, who's been banged up for the last three seasons, who has done nothing over the last few seasons, who was really good back in 2016, very, very good in 2016, and could still be a pretty decent player, I'm sure. The dude can catch the ball better than any running back in the NFL. But is that trade make any sense for the Texans on the other side? Because like our guy Donnie just said, you don't have a top 50 pick for the next two years. It'd be one thing if you were getting Adrian Peterson in his prime. That'd be one thing. But even that, with the way the league is going, you can't tell me it makes sense to trade wide receivers in today's NFL, uh, an elite wide receiver, for even an elite running back. Because the league doesn't gear towards elite running backs anymore, at least not as much. So their value drops. They're still important. But they're not as important as a DeAndre Hopkins. Be, be, be real for a second. Be real. DeAndre Hopkins, the Arizona Cardinals absolutely won this trade. There's no question about it. Regardless of where the draft picks land with all this, the player's straight up. It's laughable at best. And I can't decide which one. Is Bill O'Brien a worse coach or a worse GM? I, I, I cannot decide it. Giving up a 24-point lead in the playoffs, let alone, is horrible. But to make decisions like this as a GM, I don't know how he still has his job or jobs for that matter. So thank you for bringing that up, Donnie, because that's that's been something I've definitely wanted to talk about. I'm really glad you brought it up, man, for us to segue into. But uh, Donnie also has a question. He says, one more question since now they just signed Eric Murray. So which move was worse? <laughs> Donnie, <laughs> the, the, Eric Murray, I forget what the totals were for Eric Murray, but that dude got paid. And I don't know how. I don't know how. <laughs> like, he was bad in Kansas City when we were bad in corner. Like, that's that's bad in safety, too. He was, he was horrible. He was horrible. And this dude's making lifetime-changing money. So it, 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 that move in itself is bad, but I still don't think it outdoes trading DeAndre Hopkins, a future Hall of Fame wide receiver in his prime for a guy that plays a lesser role at a lesser position who's not in his prime. And you're trying to compete in the AFC. You have Deshaun fucking Watson, and you take away his number one target. Yes, Will Fuller's still good. Yeah, those guys, you know, he's got weapons technically, but you're you're literally letting go of one of the better receivers we've seen in a decade. The guy didn't have a single drop for like two years. And again, it's okay to trade these guys. I'm not saying that, that DeAndre Hopkins was untradeable. I'm not saying that. But for what you got, that's an absolute joke. It's an absolute joke. And yes, they did sign, according to, like Donnie said, he also added that they did sign Randall Cobb. I believe Randall Cobb will be 33 this season. Randall Cobb has had a pretty good career. Um, he's he's serviceable. I like Randall Cobb. He had, he had incredible seasons with the Packers way early in his career. But since then, he's, you know, he was with the Cowboys and he was okay. 
not DeAndre Hopkins. In fact, him and Will Fuller together, Randall Cobb and Will Fuller together, don't even compare to DeAndre Hopkins and his individuality. But thank you for the questions and thank you for the statements, Donnie Couch. We really appreciate your brother. Now we're moving to our guy, Shaggy Shane, my boy, my brother, Shaggy Shane Williams. He brings up, do you think that it is fair to think that the, all NFL teams have looked into Jameis Winston's rape allegations that is discussed in depth in the movie, The Hunting Ground, that have hurt his chances of being picked up by other teams? This is a heavy topic, man, and it's a topic that absolutely needs to be discussed, and unfortunately, I don't think it's been discussed enough. Uh, shout out to uh, Shaggy Shane's daughter, Tabitha. Does an incredible job. You definitely need to check out that video, guys, The Hunting Ground. She's done studies on this for quite some time. I know I've talked to her personally. Uh, many times I've been over the house with the Williams family, which, by the way, is one of the best families in this entire world. Um yeah, man, this is this is a very touchy subject because um, there's no way in the world as as a human you can support what Jameis Winston allegedly did do his in his rape allegations. There's it's it's the most disgusting thing a human being can do outside of murder. And to answer your question, Shane, I don't think that these NFL teams have really looked into it that much because I do believe that Jameis Winston is not only going to get picked up by another team, but he's absolutely going to play again because his talent. And that's that's the 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 ugly side of sports is that talent is always going to outrule everything else. It's just it's just how it is. And it and I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's it's the way it should be. I'm just letting you know that business when it comes to making money and guys are going to sell jerseys and guys are going to get people in the seats and guys are going to make exciting plays and get them on Sports Center at 10 o'clock at night, they're going to let that outweigh anything else. Why do you think that guys like Ray Rice initially only got two games for literally knocking out his fiance in the elevator? It wasn't until the video came out that he's no longer seen in the NFL. Now, you can make the case that Ray Rice wasn't as great as he once was, but he initially only got a two-game suspension, and he was going to play again. He was going to continue his career. But the NFL just kind of looked the other way. We've had guys literally beat their wives. Uh, the punter from the New York Giants, I forget his name, but he was... It was the same thing. They just kind of threw that under the rug. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And I've always, I always thought it was funny that the NFL decided to have these half-ass little commercials with Eli Manning's weird-ass face and a bunch of other guys, no more, no more. Like, that's actually going to make up for the fact that the NFL has just literally ignored domestic violence for how long? Since the beginning? <laughs> it's not a laughing matter. It's just, it's, it's sickening to me. And so to the point of, of my guy, Shaggy Shane, um, you know, uh, maybe the NFL should watch that video, the hunting ground. And I recommend all you guys watch it. I don't think it's hurt his chances though. I, I really don't. I think the only, I, if I'm being totally real right now, I think the only thing that would hurt Jameis Winston's, Winston's chances at playing again at any level in this, in the, in the NFL is his, his turnover problems to me. I, I would put my next few paychecks on it, that the NFL teams that are discussing a, an opportunity to acquire Jameis Winston from the Buccaneers, or I think he's a free, he might be a free agent now, I, I can't remember. But any team that's looking at Jameis Winston right now, I guarantee you the, the, the large, and I'm talking about 99.9% .9 of the conversation is has nothing to do with those allegations. It has everything to do with the fact he had 30, 30 interceptions last season. Guarantee it. It's, un it's unfortunate. It's really shitty. I 100% agree. But that's how it is. Thank you so much for the, the question, Shane. That was a great question, man. I'm, I know, I know you brought it up a few days ago to me, and I was really excited to touch on it. And if you have anything else to add to that, man, please do. I, I would really love to hear more about it because, like I said, his, his daughter, Tabitha, his awesome daughter, Tabitha, has really gone into depth and has studied hard. Uh, in regards to this uh, situation with Jameis Winston. It's needless to say, she's not a fan of him, and I totally get it. I totally understand, and I totally support it. I'm right along with her in that. I truly am. So thank you guys so much for those uh, questions, those topics, those those concerns, the discussions you guys wanted to bring up. And again, if you guys have anything, it's it's a you know we live in this 24-hour news cycle, guys. There's a lot of news every single day. If there's something you want to bring up on the Monday mailbag, do not be afraid to do that. We'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to hear and, and get your contributions, man, because you guys are what makes this thing great. You're the reason why we do this thing, man. 
It's for you guys to 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 have these discussions with you. So we, again, appreciate our guy Donnie Couch and our guy Shaggy Shane Williams. Thank you, thank you guys so much for contributing this week, and uh, we look forward to the contributions next week. But now we're gonna get to our favorite segment of the entire week, every single episode. What's it called, Lance? Hold this L. It's time to hold this L. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic. <gasps> Veiny, pulsating hell. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. (laughs) That was great. Hold this hell. Yes. Hold this hell. It is time for the favorite, our favorite segment of the week, and uh, I have to admit, it's very, very, very weird. For me to be doing this on my own, just like the rest of the show, but I think it's been pretty fun so far. Hope you guys have enjoyed it to this point. Now we got some L's to hand out. And because of the fact that our guys, Trevor and Eddie, are gone, I decided, you know what, let me put together a few L's. So we got three L's tonight that I'm going to hand out with no further ado. So if you guys didn't see it earlier today, which is Friday, March 20th of 2020, the year of our Lord, um... We had seen, and again, we talked about running backs a lot tonight, about how the market just is just not great for running backs in today's NFL, and it probably will continue down that path for a while. Uh, I would like to see NFL running backs get paid better, and I would like to see them have more control in their rookie contracts, but that's for another discussion of another time. We can definitely talk about that another time. But you guys ever heard of that DJ Khaled saying, you played yourself, or congratulations, you played yourself? My dude, Melvin Gordon, absolutely played himself. Sitting out all of the OTAs and training camp and preseason in the first, I believe, four games of the regular season last season, Melvin Gordon was really trying to make a statement, man. He wants to get paid. And I get it. Hey, I'm I'm on the player's side, man. Get your money if you can get it. He saw L. Bell do the same thing the year before where he sat out the entire season and ends up taking about $30 million less with the Jets than he would from the Steelers. But that aside, that aside, Melvin Gordon thought he was making a point. That was until we realized that from 2018 to the week five of 2019, the Chargers went six and two without him. I don't mean to laugh, man, but come on. And not to mention the fact that while in his absence, Austin Eckler was absolutely balling and he kept that going even when Melvin returned. And if you look at it from a talent standpoint, Melvin Gordon is the better running back between him and Austin Eckler. But Austin Eckler absolutely capitalized, and he just got paid by the same team that parted ways with Melvin Gordon this offseason. And it doesn't stop there. Melvin Gordon then goes to uh, AFC West foe, Denver Broncos, and gets only a two-year, $16 million deal. $16 million. Two years. That is just beyond sad. The dude played himself. And because of that fact, my guy, Melvin Gordon, is going to have to do me a favor and hold this L. Second on the list. Could you imagine trading away a player and then having to sign him back two years later for money that you didn't want to give him in the first place? Well, that's what the Washington football team did. And in the in the offseason of 2018, before the 2018 season, the Washington football team agreed in a trade with the Kansas City Chiefs to send Alex Smith to Washington, and in return, they send the Chiefs cornerback slash defensive back, because he plays both positions of corner and safety, Kendall Fuller, and a second-round pick. The Washington football team then goes on and extends Alex Smith, a 34-year-old journeyman slash game manager quarterback, to a $94 million deal, $71 million guaranteed. 
And you're thinking, oh, well, I guess they just want to link themselves to mediocrity forever at the quarterback position. Alex Smith gives them 10 games, and in a very sad and serious fashion, has one of the most dramatic leg injuries we have ever seen in the NFL. And I'm going to put every amount of dollars amount, every amount of dollar amounts I could ever come up with, he will never play in the NFL again. And they still have to pay him over $20 million in guaranteed money. And (laughs) Kendall Fuller comes to Kansas City, gets to an AFC championship, the very next year plays a key role in the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, and now the Washington football team is paying Kendall Fuller to come back $40 million. So you pay Alex Smith 94, 71 of it guaranteed, never going to see the football field again, at least not for you. And now you have to bring back the trade asset <laughs> for $40 more million. <laughs> You got played. You played yourself. You guys are Melvin Gordon's best friend or cousin or brother, whatever. But both of you guys are going to have to do me a favor and hold this L. But I would be remiss if I ended it right there. Because as you can hear at the very, very beginning of this episode, there's this uh, loudmouthed Bostonian, if you will, that has made a career. And I, I'm not going to sit here and delve into his career too much, but he's made a career of making himself look like an absolute asshat, and he's done a great job at it. Well, my guy Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports, not that long ago, actually. In fact, it was just a couple of weeks ago. Made it very, very clear. And again, I'm not going to go through the whole thing again because you heard the you heard the name the the, the drop. So go listen to the beginning again if you missed it about what he said about how he guaranteed and downplayed the fact that Tom Brady was not only going to stay in New England, but it was absolutely asinine for anybody to suggest he's going anywhere else. He's walking down the streets of New York. I I think it may have been TMZ or somebody that was interviewing him as he's walking, and he made it sound as if he had some inside scoop that Tom Brady was not leaving. (laughs) And not only did Tom Brady leave, but he goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that was actually willing to give Tom Brady the pieces the Patriots have refused to give him for the last couple of years. I know they went and got Antonio Brown, but I think even in their heart of hearts, they knew that wasn't going to last. And in this offseason, the Patriots whiffed on Stefan Diggs and, and other players that I know Tom Brady wanted. And I think if they would have got them, it made them very hard, much harder for Tom Brady to leave. But it's just the fact that Dave Portnoy has been so outward about his passion and zeal about how Tom Brady's not going anywhere. I know the dude plays a character. It's what makes him money. But there is a person attached to that. And that person that's attached to that jackass known as Dave Portnoy is going to have to do me a favor and hold this L. Yeah. God damn, this has been a fun show. This has been a fun fucking show, man. Trevor and Eddie definitely missed out. I'm a lot of fun, I think. What do you think, Brandon? Fuck you. Don't say anything. Boy, episode 56 has been an absolute blast. And I promise you guys, the next time you hear my voice on this show, you will hear Trevor and Eddie, who really carry this shit, if we're being honest. They will be back. I promise you. And I really hope, in all sincerity, that you guys are keeping your minds and your hearts in the right place right now. Because this is what we love to do. Sports, man. We we love to talk it. We love to play it. We love to watch it. It's what we do here, man. And every single one of you that are a part of this, from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry this is happening. I'm really, really sorry that we don't get to enjoy what we love right now. We got to do our best. That's, that's, that's what I'm doing right now, man. I'm giving you guys my best. It's, it's, there's no low-hanging low fruit here. I, I can't break down games right now. I mean, guys, I, there, was, there were segments in place that I had for shows in comparison to NBA teams and the Chiefs, and I was really excited to break all that stuff. I can't do that right now because we have nothing. The stadiums are empty. The locker rooms are empty. Sports Center and FS1 and all these other networks are just struggling to give you any kind of content that you want to stay and pay attention to. It's a very tough time. This is unprecedented time, man, for not only us sports fans, but as human beings. It's a really scary time, man, and I don't want to touch on it too long. I just want to let you guys know I'm fully aware. I understand where you're at. I am you. You are us. We're in this together, and I'm not saying that in a cliche. But we're, damn it, we're going to keep this thing going, man. I'm telling you. 
no matter how long this is going to go, which I don't believe is going to be very much longer, but no matter what the length and time it is, I don't care what you're listening to or where you're getting your information. We're going to keep this thing going, man. And we're going to have fun. We're going to continue to talk about things that are going to be upcoming because they will come, guys. I'm telling you. We will have the NFL season. I don't know what's going to happen with the NBA. But we will have baseball. We will have football. We will get back to normalcy. When? I'm not an expert. I don't know. Listen to listen to the, the experts in, in the medical field. Listen to them. Don't buy into this the fake news. Don't scare yourself and freak yourself out, man. It, life is already stressful and scary in itself. Don't, don't add to it. And I'm not trying to be Dr. Phil here. I'm just trying to be your friend. And I'm telling you guys, I'm, I'm speaking for myself, and I'm speaking to myself when I say these things. Let's enjoy what we got, which isn't very much right now in the world of sports, but let's enjoy what we got, man. We got we to gotta witness the Chiefs win a fucking Super Bowl right before this chaos started to ensue. Not that it makes it any easier, but it might, at least for some of us. So let's be grateful for that. Let's enjoy what has happened to this point and knowing the fact that it's going to resume. We're going to get back, man. So hang tough with me, guys. Help us help us with this show, man. We're, we're not too proud to admit that. That's why we create segments like the Monday Mailbag. I want your guys' input. This isn't about me running my mouth for two hours. It's about all of us, man. It's about us enjoying this life and, the, and these experiences together. So now all the somber shit's over with. I'm going to wipe my eyes, and hopefully you do the same because I know how touching that was. That was a hallmark moment. But we love you guys. We really do. So for the Foolish Club... For the Spoken Podcast, for episode 56, for Trevor and Eddie who decided to not show up tonight because they have more important things to do. I'm Lance Twidwell, and again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us, and we enjoy every single time that we get to do this with you. And so for until next week on episode 57, this is episode 56, I am Lance Twidwell, and we out of this bitch. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the spoke. I might actually stick. I might actually stick around for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>